are listening to Astrology Today, coming to you live from the beautiful Sunshine Coast and Powell River, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klahoman Nation. I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer. Welcome back to our listeners, and welcome to Jill. Hello. Yay. Okay. <laughs> and and we are recording. Yes. Ah, okay, so episode 93. Holy doodle hoppers. I'm coming up to a two-year stint here soon. Okay, so on the show today the next month August and um, the little blurb okay so before I do that I have okay so to see charts remember if you're listening live go to uh, my website cardinal astrology that's all one word dot ca and click on today's episode which is under the radio tab and you can follow along visually as well and if you have questions, you can challenge me <laughs> by doing the phone thing, because I was shown once, and who knows if I remember how to do it, but I'll flail away until I get you on the air. Anyway, the number is 604-485-0088. Okay, now. So, um, when I wrote the little comment, the blurb for uh, my website, I basically said, you know, when they write the history of 2021, uh, August will be like the hangover from July and the prelude slash respite before the world, at least in Northern Hemisphere, supposedly returns to normal programming, aka Virgo, which is an, it's an interesting how our society has set that up. We have that play of Leo for most of August and then it's like oh tap tap Virgo says no 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 come on come on we have programming we have things that have to be done we have to go back to school and and the regular you know daily routine Virgo (laughs) needs to click back into gear okay so you know that will always be a trend for August but the other thing that we have is um uh, you know, the Saturn-Uranus uh, square, the last exact square, is now, you know, really starting to separate. It doesn't mean that that tension isn't there, but at least there's a bit of a pause in between, sort of like the one-two punch instead of just the both of them, you know, duking it out at exactly the same time. And so those, and Jill would be putting her hand up here going, that have uh, really strong, um, you know, between 7 and 14 degrees of fixed signs are kind of glad that they can take a breath breath in between. But they're still not out of the gun sights, right? Well, I mean, they're still really in a a square with each other, quite a close one, really. Yeah, and it is. But for the rest of us, we may notice there's a, bit of a break and we may not well except that planets come along and trigger degrees and yes they do so the fast folks um fortunately mars now has left leo yay and he was very instinct you know in um um he ignited that square a lot during july so he's now in virgo yay um mercury though is still but mercury's moving really fast right now and so you know by the middle of the month he too leaves leo for virgo 
And then Venus, which is actually already in Virgo, uh, by the middle of the month, she leaves for her own home turf in uh, Libra. So the quality of August will be definitively different than July. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the other thing that I wanted to comment before we go into the play-by-play for the month is just the, the kind of the one other big thing that is happening, which is Jupiter has been hanging out in its own home turf of Pisces, but now has stationed, it did that last month, and is now about to go back into Aquarius. And so the phenomena of the retrograde with the slower moving planets creates these three hits. Uh, You know, there's sort of, it'll go by a degree, check in, it'll go forward, it'll then turn retrograde, and it'll go back, hit the degree, and then go forward again. But in this case, what it's doing is it's changing signs. Yeah, Yeah, which creates a different quality, definitely. So we had, in July, there was a lot of positive movement. Um, And a lot of people were joyful and playful and traveled and... But now it's about to go back into Aquarius and finish up whatever it thought it didn't do. But one of the upsides of this is for July, Saturn didn't have any of Jupiter's padding, right? Like it didn't have that buffer of Jupiter. But now it's going to get it again, right? So I don't know. What's your take on that? Well, my take on that is that it's also, it's in your, in my system, it's in Uranus's sign. So yeah. it's actually supporting Uranus, which it, with which it has much more affinity. Than with Saturn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jupiter, I mean. yeah, yeah. And it overtook Saturn back at the solstice. So, um, yeah, I'm thinking it's, it's okay. And, and interesting right now, I mean, I was just looking at the transits at this moment. Mm-hmm. The moon is jumped Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, yes. It's at 11 degrees of Taurus. So it's just left the square to Saturn. It's conjunct Uranus. And Sun's approaching the opposition yes. to yeah. Saturn and squaring. Yeah. So oh, yeah. No, we're still going to get that Saturn-Uranus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, so it's it's kind of for me. I think Jupiter going back into into Aquarius is kind of. So you're thinking it's going to heighten it rather than. I think it's going to well because you're they. Okay. You're on, okay. Jupiter, Jupiter's about freedom and yeah and, and movement so and and yeah yeah whereas rebellion and all that kind of stuff in order to have freedom. So yeah. I, okay. That's how I, being an Aquarian, I guess. I well, <laughs> that helps too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll have to, uh, we're going to have to check back with how this month actually does go. Whether the the astrologers who think that uh, it's going to be way more concentrated back to the reality of Saturn or whether or not it's going to heighten the Uranus and its desire to break down the Saturn structures. Yes. Yeah. No, I, yes. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm thinking it's the latter, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it. I mean, it's a. It, there's a tension. I mean, the oh, tension yeah. is not gone away. I no, mean, it hasn't. Yeah. Eased up ever so slightly, but they are heading for another 
exact square in December. So yes, yeah, yeah. So they will back matter. apart quite a ways before that happens. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but they're only four degrees apart right now. So that's that's right. Yeah, no, but, it isn't. That's pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But you're yeah. you're you're you are also experiencing you're one of the people that are in the gun sites. Right. And, um, you know, we those of us who aren't are grateful for you to be be willing to do the process of this square, she says. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I've got Saturn sitting on my Saturn and yeah, squaring yeah, yeah. it. And, yeah. Yeah. And being an Aquarian myself, it's like. Oh. Yeah, you can move off any time, Saturn. <laughs> <laughs> You're feeling a little heavy, so yeah, I yeah. like over there better. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the other thing we're going to spend a little bit of time with is once we come up to later in the month when we get uh, the full moon, because unusually, although not, you know, it, not without precedent, that's for sure, it happens quite a bit, but not all that often we have... Um, an Aquarian full moon twice, not in the same month, but in the same sign, which is unusual. Typically, there's one full moon in the sign, and in the opposite sign, there's a new moon. But uh, with the Aquarian one, there's two. And so we will look and compare those two when the time comes up. But now I guess yeah, we yeah, can... Sort of, sorry, that, that kind of goes to what I was just saying. It's like, there's more emphasis on that Aquarian. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right? It's just like the moon is saying, yeah. Wait a minute. Age. Look, look, you got to be paying attention. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. what full moons do is they draw our attention to something. Yeah. Yeah. And it will be that uh, the second full moon will be the degree where Jupiter is just passing over now. So, yeah. Yeah. The yeah, degrees, yeah. you know, highlighted. Yeah. 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 Very but interesting. Patterns are interesting always. <laughs> always, always. Okay, so now we're just going to take a leisurely stroll through uh, some of the daily aspects and what you might do with them. And the first one, um, which my list first came up with and didn't have the second piece to it, is right to start next tomorrow, we have uh, Mercury going conjunct Leo, which in traditional astrology aka back in the Hellenistic time they called it Kazemi but there's two types of Kazemis there's one that happens when Mercury is retrograde and therefore close to the sun but this is the conjunction that puts Mercury the furthest it can get from the sun okay and at the same time or within a degree is its opposite Saturn and so Saturn, because every time that any of the outer planets is opposite the sun, that's as far away as it can get in its retrograde cycle. And so it's reached the midpoint of that retrograde cycle. And so the, the folks that I was listening to the other day that um, uh, Chris Brennan, Austin Kopic, and a Canadian astrologer who lives in... Um, LA and is incredibly successful. Her name is Chani. Chani, she was born in BC somewhere. Um, she has not published her chart though. <laughs> I went looking for it and it ain't nowhere. <laughs> anyway, she's incredibly successful and has an app, but I believe the app is only for iPhones. But it looks like uh, an app that's well worth getting because it dials into your personal chart. 
um, you know, sort of what's happening. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. And she's also got a book out called, darn, I should have wrote that down. Anyway, go to her website, Chani, C-H-A-N-I. Yeah. Okay, so um, what they were pointing out with this particular aspect tomorrow, and so I actually looked at the time. So around 6.50 a.m. here on the West Coast, so obviously later if if you're back east, um, there's this moment of clarity because of Saturn being opposite this Kazemi. And Mercury's moving very fast, so that conjunction doesn't last very long. But what they were thinking is that there's possibilities for a critical download, right? A time-rich field of mind. And I thought, hmm, that might be kind of interesting to check out. Yeah. We're also in the what they call the Lion's Gate. That Oh. Like it goes from the beginning of August till the 13th or something. Oh, and I'm not aware of this one. And the full moon is actually on the, the day that they call the Lion's Gate. Ew. Yeah, it's, it's um, something to do with its al- the alignment with the galactic center. So oh, I'd have to look okay. it up. Well, and that would have to look it up again. But, yeah. But, I've, you know, people talk about it all the time. And, and so it, I found ah. it interesting that the full moon in Aquarius is going, I'm oh, sorry, the new moon. moon. Yeah, the new well, moon's on the 8th. Yeah. Um, the new moon is going to be the day of right. what we call the oh. I thought that was Yeah, yeah. And it might tie in with this thing, you know, the fact that Mercury is, yeah, is meeting there's up. A, there's a big energetic download going on from what I gather. Right. Okay. Well, so those of you who are into downloads, um, yeah, you might want to start at like 6 a.m. and go through till 8 with your meditation practice or whatever, or stream of consciousness writing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, and halfway through Saturn's retrograde cycle, so, um, yeah, what would we say about that? I actually haven't thought about it. <laughs> I don't know if I can say well, anything I'd about say it. He's, I'd say he's really dug in. Yes. <laughs> Good point. Very good that's point. What I, that's what I would say about, about that. Is yeah. Like digging yeah. in my heels here. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, and so, you know what just hit the news this morning? Um, Congress is finally demanding Donald Trump's taxes. <laughs> huh. There's an interesting standoff in the sort of structure of the world. Okay. So our next scenario is on the second, uh, Venus trines that Uranus at 14 degrees. Um, and I thought, hmm, if you're, if you're in a struggle or, um, you know, things aren't moving the way you want them in relationship, here's a chance to break into something new. Yeah. And that's August the 2nd. Well, yeah, interesting in light of what we were talking about earlier, too. It's like Saturn's getting an opposition from the Sun and yeah. Mercury. And Venus is saying, I- I'll support you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, and let, why wouldn't she? Give you some love here. <laughs> yeah, and why wouldn't she? She's uh, Taurus is one of her favorite haunts, and, uh, and yeah. she's doing, it's a trine from Virgo, so yeah. 
Uh, okay, so next up we have uh, within a couple of days, of course, Mercury again is moving very fast. And so he's first to square Uranus from the Leo, you know, from Leo to Taurus, and that's on August the 3rd. And then three days later, the sun squares. So, you know, um, the tension that we're talking about, and I would assume too, that with it being Mercury in the sun, it's going to be, the experience will be a little more personal than on a big global stage. Yeah, with those two hits. Uh, particularly for people who have those degrees. Yes, around 14 degrees of fixed signs, uh, our hearts go out to you. No, <laughs> well, yes, but. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm in the sun at 12. <laughs> <laughs> that's not far off i'm i'm like yay i'm at 19 so by the time uranus and saturn get up there they won't be very close together i'm hoping but anyway and it, oh and it's only in my eighth house so i mean can't mean much no, no anyway yes us fixed people are concerned Okay, so where we're at next is, and we will pull up the chart. Let me share the screen. And we get our first of the lunations, which is a very interesting new moon in Leo. And uh, How come the sun and moon aren't at exactly the same? I don't know. I must have must be paused. Yeah, yeah, my time is obviously paused. Pa not exact. Let me just give you supposedly the exact time. Part of it is too is that I use a parallax moon. And so the time is supposed to be 6.50. So yeah, I'm out you've by 10 six, minutes. You've got 5 a.m.? Yeah, so I'm out by a bit. Yeah. But it's not going to change things a lot. The ascendant MC no, will No, because we, we're not going to use ascendant descendant because... Yeah, exactly. It's That's... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just. Yeah. They should be exact if it's a new moon. I'm sorry, dear. I made a boo boo. You'll have to forgive it's me this time. Because so, I've done that myself many a time. Like, so. <laughs> so what we've got here is we have some interesting grand trines. You know, we've got Mars, Venus in Virgo. We've also got Pluto still in Capricorn. Obviously, we don't hear much from him. Um, and Uranus up in Taurus. So those four are playing. Um, and and it's almost like the new moon is at the midpoint between Saturn and Jupiter. I do believe I looked at it and it actually isn't within a degree, but it's kind of captured between those two. Um, well, and I was noticing too that it's not exactly a midpoint, but the Mars and Jupiter, or sorry, Mars and Venus are both trining Uranus. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Midway between the two of them as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got these two Earth things, Earth and Fire things, which is interesting because I just um, a couple of days ago I did a reading for a couple uh, about their baby, and um, you know the guy the husband he has a fire grind grand trine and his son has an earth grand trine and so um you know when i started talking about this the mom said oh right so earth could put fire out and i'm like yeah and uh -huh. fire could scorch earth and i'm like yeah and so you're gonna what i suggested to her is that when 
father and son get into duking it out that she just take a huge step back and goes for a walk, goes for a cup of tea or something. <laughs> and it's, I'm just noticing we kind of might have similar kind of energy happening here on the new oh. moon. Yeah, fire and earth. Not necessarily a happy combo, fire and earth. Yeah. But what, okay, so let's just talk a little bit about new moons. This is the creative new moon, right? This is the play. What kind of play do you want to instigate in the next 28 days? Yeah. Yeah. And it's the play to help us solve the Saturn-Jupiter combination. How do we want society to shift? We need some creative solutions and answers to that, you know, that. Yeah, yeah and Mercury's still close enough to yeah. them, but moving towards that opposition with Jupiter. So. Yes, exactly. But Which going to have some big ideas. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so the actual big idea day that we might see something exciting. And what's interesting is within a day of each other. So Venus will be at its exact opposition to Neptune on August 9th. And then Mercury will oppose Jupiter on August 10th. So it's like we get these, the big eyed, you know, the big download of sort of a spiritual visionary. Yes. And then we get the Mercury-Jupiter opposition. But at this point, Mercury is actually in a yod with Neptune and Pluto. Oh, yes, yes. It's the apex of a yod, which is, that's very powerful. I that mean, is. Spiritual aspect of Neptune, the power of that spiritual yeah. Download. Download. Yeah. So again, for folks who are um, meditatively and spiritually inclined, you might want to spend some time, um, you know, eight, nine, ten, kind of, yeah, opening to this energy that's mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. going to be happening. Yeah. And and Venus is opposing Neptune as well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So that's uh, yeah. yeah. So we get a square to the nodes on August the 11th from Mars. Um, and for those who are of the mutable signs and having the eclipses this, this summer in mutable signs, this may be a um, midpoint to, you know, have we acted on what the eclipses wanted you to do? Uh, that being Mars. Um, and Mars in Virgo, of course, is gonna want the details. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And before, um, this is on the same day, also on August the 11th, uh, then Venus trines a Pluto. And what did I say about this? Anything? No. Um, and so, uh, interesting, whenever Venus and Pluto get together, I know I got married the first time on Pluto conjunct my Venus and <laughs> do not be confused folks relationships that begin under Venus Pluto style dynamics will be intense they will be transformative <laughs> yeah she's also kind of carrying the light from that opposition in Neptune yes yeah well and yeah. if you put it you know you pull in that yod that has just plugging taken place in, plugging it into Pluto <laughs> yeah like, you know, powering up that, you know, spiritual yeah. connection that's yeah. so important. 
So it would be interesting, you know, in the news to see what sort of alliances are starting to build at that point in time, um, Venus with Pluto, because on a political um, or corporate or power, whatever sphere, um, alliances that uh, happen during this particular aspect uh, will be worth taking note of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then we get a shift of energy so that now the only planet that's in Leo to fire off on the square uh, will be the sun and the moon because Mercury leaves for Virgo also on the 11th. So the 11th is a kind of a, um, a significant day that we might want to put a big star on in our calendars just to see what, what's going on. And, um, and then the next significant aspect will be Venus leaving Virgo for her own home turf of Libra, which I sort of thought that's going to be a nice setup for, you know, life getting back to whatever normal is going to be because um, it's social. Um, yeah, for September. Yeah, having, this is a nice Venus, Venus and Libra. Any, anything you want to add to that? No, um, no, I mean, she's going to, once she's in Libra, she's going to move towards trining Saturn. Aha, uh -huh. yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah so um, if we get the download... Um, that we were talking around the 11th, then um, Venus can help to build a structure to fit that download. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one of the things they also most, said... Most, uh, most Libra and Aquarius are social planets. Exactly, social yeah. Planets, you know, and so it's, it really yeah. is about the coming together of people. Yes, yeah. And hopefully with the amount of shakeup that the, the square has created between Uranus and Saturn, we are going to see not just a redo, but a new phenomena. You know? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it, it, it's, we're looking at creating a new way of structuring society that is more equitable and more, you know, yeah. human, focused on the good for humanity and all that good stuff, which is Aquarius. Yes, exactly. Which, Jupiter is backing up saying, yeah, we need more of that because Jupiter wants more wherever it is. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, um, yeah, so the next aspect is, where are we here? Um, oh, and I'm just going to comment a little bit too. Um, this was uh, something that brought up. Uh, on the podcast that I listened to, that uh, the this recent um, uh, demonstration of human ingenuity, if you want to call it that, of you know the two entrepreneurs hitting space with their own spaceships, um, is an echo of also uh, Saturn Uranus being in aspect to each other back in the sixties. Okay, which, yeah. And so one of the, the participants in the discussion said, okay, so Jupiter in Pisces, the commercial, commercialization of space, question mark, question mark, which is kind of interesting, you know, because Jupiter was still in Pisces when 
Jeff Bezos and what's his face from England took off and did their little whatever that was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I think it was showing how much money they have. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just. Oh, we can buy. We can buy a really big toy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of gross considering the state of the planet and yeah. Okay. So. Um, I think it's all. It was also showing the excess. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But well, then that's what Jupiter's I, about. Does yeah. the world need that? No. No. No, it doesn't. I, I think that's what that was showing. Was yeah. Just, yeah. The how, silly. How over the top and, and yeah. excessive these people are. Like, do we want these people doing this? Is this helpful for anyone? No. Yeah. But there, you know, our society is stuck in this um, script that. Um, the freedom to be all that you can be um, from a, um, a Leo ego perspective. Yeah, no, it, there has to be a balance with the Aquarian side of Absolutely. for the social good, you know. And um, yeah, that particular opposition between Leo and Aquarius, that is pretty much one of the bigger topical issues of this point in human history um, you know yeah. it's like no no you can't tell me that I can't do what I want to do when I want to do it um, because it's me right but no you're not in this on your own sorry you're part of a and, collective <laughs> you're on doesn't just need entertainment yes yeah we need we need more substance. That, yeah. that would be a pattern in, in Aquarius to me. Is yeah. Humanity needs more substance and less less of the excess, less of the yeah. flaunting of wealth and, and all this. Like, let's distract everyone with entertainment. Yes. Yeah. It's quite okay. a conundrum in terms of perspective that needs to shift. And, of course, Uranus is saying, hello, if you want to sustain yourself on this planet... You know, you're going to have to revolutionize that Leo Aquarius axis. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that um, the podcast pointed out was that Venus in Libra adds a perfumed breeze on Saturn. So it makes Saturn less, what, rigid? No. Um, no. Makes it more palatable? What do you think? I mean, yeah. we've sort of touched on it. Makes it more social, that's I, for sure. He might be trying to soften the edges. Yeah. Which and might make Saturn. it easier to build a new structure. Yeah, I mean, I see Saturn as almost like a block of granite. So. Right. And so, but, yeah, but she... Like to sculpt it into something. Yeah. And so Saturn, though, his um, exaltation is, guess what? It's in Libra. And so you take that block of marble and you sculpt it into the Venus de Milo thing or whatever she was called. Yeah. 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 Saturn is not bad, but he... He, he needs Venus. He, he, needs, he needs more softening and more... Yeah, he doesn't relate well to humanity and all that. He's more corporate world energy. Yeah. yeah. And we, we need to kind of um, give him a... 
A makeover. Yes, <laughs> from Venus. Yes. So elegance and design made nice. Yeah. Okay, so meanwhile, um, Mercury is now about to, because it's switched into Virgo, and it's bearing down on that Mars in Virgo. And so they talked a little bit about channeling energy constructively with intention. But unfortunately, with Mars there, it's ferocious military intense. Um, and so it can be intense flaming, sharp. One of them suggested a scouring pan. It's like, oh, ouch, ouch, Mercury, Mars in Virgo. I mean, it would be scouring because it's going to get down to the little tiny details. Um, yeah, so the timing for those two meeting is, where are we? Where are we? Oh, okay. So this is the 18th of August. Um, yeah, this would be a day to kind of take notice of what you're doing. Um, uh, you know, because you can be incredibly cutting. Um, and so, you know, focusing that Mercury Mars energy in a helpful way rather than a destroying way i don't know that that could be a tricky day and take, taking all that uh creative energy from the leo and particularly the the um opposition to jupiter mm -hmm. and bringing all the big ideas to how are we gonna how are we gonna do this yes yeah right we need to hammer out some details on how we can make this happen now yeah yeah. I need your support, Mars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and the energy, the energy to actually. Because Mercury is in his own sign, right? Yeah. So and Mercury in Virgo is the most powerful Mercury that there is because yeah. it's not only his own sign, but he's exalted in Virgo. He's like enlisting the army here to yeah. help him manifest the big ideas he had yes. when he's confabbing with Jupiter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see which side of the Aquarian scenario it comes down on. Um, yeah, that'll be an important day, I suspect, the 18th of August. Okay, then we get uh, a momentary breath of joy because the sun catches up to Urana or to Jupiter. And so the 19th, and I'm not sure what day of the week that is, let me just look. Because this would be a party hardy day if you need one. Okay, so the 19th is a, oh, it's a Thursday, but that's okay. <laughs> I've got a friend whose birthday is the 20th, so hopefully this will still be sort of in range for her solar return. Well, I, I, don't, I don't, I think the exact aspect, you're going to give it a day either side at yes, least. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, after that Mercury-Mars moment, you know, going out and having a drink might be on, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> play. Anyway, a nice day, a very nice day. Okay, so what's next? Oh, then we get the station. Okay, and station what? Well, it is the station of Uranus. So again, all the outer planets during the course of a year will station, stop, appear to stop as seen from the Earth. And so Uranus will have reached its highest point this year. 
and will now start backing up so that what's interesting about that is with Saturn still in retrograde and now Uranus in retrograde they're coming towards each other yeah which is kind of interesting no not yet well Saturn, Saturn is, has to turn direct in order to move towards Uranus oh uh, right right thank you for that yeah there was a uh, mental when, fart. When <laughs> yes, then start. they'll start moving towards each other. Yeah, yeah. So when it stations, um, so for those who have uh, 14 degrees of fixed steins, you're likely to notice the days surrounding this station because it's putting a, you know, it's like the volcano is going off and it goes off for a few days. Yeah. It's also marking that as an important degree. Yes, for right. future. Or, yes. Again, when we talk about triggering degrees, yeah, it's like, okay, let's let's X marks this fourteen degrees because when something hits fourteen again, yeah, um, especially squares and oppositions and conjunctions, yes, then you're feel it. Yeah, yeah. So and by that time, um, you know, the moon will be somewhere. It'll be coming up to its opposition. So yeah, during just prior to the day of the full moon, um, it's likely to be squaring that position just a couple of days later. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and so to also highlight it, Mercury will also be trining that stationary point the next day on the 20th. And then a Mars will also trine it on the 21st. And then... Right. Yeah. Again, it's sort of reinforcing what I just said, where it says, yeah. yep, we're pointing at this. Yes. So the yeah. days around just coming up to that full moon are going to be dominated by that Uranian energy in Taurus. Yeah. Okay. And now we come to, let me just move this into the next one, the next full moon. So... Um, what we were going to talk about, and I've actually got the two of them up. So I've got one is the one that's approaching. So this is like the very end degree, and they call the last degree of a sign aneuretic. Um, and again, it's not quite exact. No. What the heck? Done, a, done the same thing again. I think you're an hour out. Yeah, which is, I, I apologize profusely <laughs> for that. I'm not sure how I managed to do that, but I did. Anyway, um, but, you know, I mean, it's relatively close, and this is whole sign, so. Um, it's okay. just before the exact full moon. Yes, yeah. And so what we want to take note of here is that uh, with the second full moon in Aquarius, it's conjuncted by Jupiter. And then if we go back to the one in July, um, Saturn wasn't as close, but it's definitely in the picture with the full moon uh, in July. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is interesting. So it's like uh, the full moon back in July was, okay, take a real um, note of what reality is showing, pointing out. And then with this one, we get the Jupiter influence, which is like, okay, there's, there's, we can do something with this. Yeah. You know, with yeah. what we're seeing. Yeah. It was kind of almost midway between 
Pluto and, and Saturn. Yeah. Yep. That yep. previous one. So it's it's a much different energy this yes, time. Yes, than the first one. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It, More constructive, I would say. Well, I think so. I think it's, uh, yeah. yeah. And especially with the sun still in Aquarius on the opposition. Going, yeah, we need that Jupiterian ener energy to inspire yep. us, to yep. give us hope and optimism <laughs> and, you know, keep us looking forward to and envisioning what we... What's we, possible. Yeah. Yeah, what's yeah. possible, all the possibilities. Yeah, right? yeah I... It, in this past month, I did a, a bit of a, a little vacation-y trip with a friend of mine, and she had an interesting comment about these times. And what she was pointing out is that you'd have to be living under a very large rock not to notice the unraveling that's taking place around the world, um, the social shifting that wants to happen, the uh, environmental seriousness that we are now facing. And what she said, she said, well, people, everybody's scared and is full of fear. And the classic things, the classic thing that humanity does with fear is they have to place it onto something so that they can find a way to be with it. And, um, and hopefully at this time, uh, we can focus on the positive side of Aquarius, which is a new social order that, you know, can pull us back from the brink of annihilation from, you know, being stupid with our climate or with our social structures, you know, which are not serving us anymore. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing we're seeing with this full moon, we've got that uh, grand trine. Yeah. Um, Pointing yeah. at Neptune, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's the important thing is that they are very getting very close to the opposition with Neptune. Again, exactly. Again, spiritual energy. Yeah. And Jupiter, Jupiter is about spiritual energy. Well, it, it rules that uh, co-ruler with that in Pisces. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's really, you know, I think telling us where we're needing to be focused. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we, we are needing to get away from this, you know, five senses worldview of, you know, material stuff being the be all and end all. Yeah. The be all and the end all. Exactly. See the bigger picture and that there is far more to each of us and to humanity than material stuff. Yeah, than having and, the and most toys at the end wins. No. That's <laughs> where we need to be focusing the energy. That's yeah. what's going to get us through. Yeah. Get us through and, and, you know, enable us to survive. Yeah. So again, right. another important day for those who are uh, in the business of um, plugging into energetics at uh, other dimensions. So the full moon will be another one where, um, yeah, um, having ritual around this one will be important. Yeah, Venus yeah. is almost at the, the trine with um, Saturn there. Yes. And it is and it's moving towards the opposition with Chiron. Yep. So again, it's the healing that needs to happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, this is a pretty powerful full moon. Cool. Yeah. Yes. 
Okay, so that exact trine. And it's, and it's, also, it's also at that 29 degrees, which is the royal star Regulus, right? Yes. Well, actually, Regulus is now kind of moved into Virgo. Mm. Yeah. But it is close. It is close, yeah. But Regulus is now in Virgo. Um, and so what we're talking about here is fixed stars. And every 72 years, um, just because the sun is dragging us around the Milky Way, uh, the fixed stars from our point of view will move approximately a degree every 72 years. And so, yeah, Regulus has now moved into Virgo. But I couldn't give you the exact degree at this moment. The the yep. other thing we have with this full moon is not only Venus trining Saturn, mm -hmm. but it's trining the North Node. Yes, yes, it's tying so in it's, the nodes. Yeah, it's pointing us where we need to be going. Yes, yeah. And and that's Mercury ruled Gemini, which Mercury is opposing Neptune. It's taking us back to that's where we need to focus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. Okay, so the exact um, uh, Venus trine Saturn actually happens the next day on August the 23rd. The full moon was on August the 22nd. Uh, and uh, so the Mercury exact opposition to Neptune. So again, that whole meditative download can continue through until August 24th. Um, and then very shortly after that, we get uh, Mercury Virgo trining Pluto. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, last year it was, you know, the, the cardinal thing was just like we were coming up to the Mars going to station and spend six months in Aries and triggering all that Capricorn stuff. You don't, you know, it's like Pluto, Pluto, what's it doing? It's got to be doing something. Well, of course it is. Um, and so Mercury will highlight uh, what's changing um, with that Pluto and Capricorn. Transformation. Yeah, yeah. But bring those ideas, that spiritual energy we've been collecting off Neptune and focus on how we're going to, re, you know, rebirth things. Yes, yes. And Pluto is about, you know, and, and it's interesting in the last... Um, I've got Pluto on my uh, north node, and um, I find myself kind of retelling my little Pluto shtick, which was basically, you know, in that transformational process or the, um, you know, the phoenix being consumed by the flames and then rising up again, uh, you know, the story that I used to tell was when people were having really strong Pluto contacts is, okay, so you're a, you're a caterpillar, you know, you're grooving along, eating on your leaf, everything's good in the world, the sun is shining, and then somewhere deep inside you, this, this moment is, you know, and, and call to action, oh, I have to create a chrysalis, I have to build this thing. And my suspicion has always been is that the caterpillar actually did not know what it was going to, what was going to happen to it when it created that chrysalis. Because my suspicion is, is if it had known, it would have gone, yeah, no, I don't think so. I think being a caterpillar is just fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> so anyway, it builds the chrysalis and then it does what? Well, a biologist will tell you it melts down. 
Now, my suspicion is, is if you could put a microphone up to that chrysalis, you wouldn't hear, oh, this is so much fun. No, you'd hear screaming and yelling and <laughs> complaining. <laughs> anyway, so it totally melts down. And as a consolation prize, it opens up and becomes a butterfly. But, you know, that process, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and my, my Pluto story is, is the Pluto-Saturn coming over my ascendant together. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that was the end of my marriage. I had two miscarriages that year oh, after what? having three normal, healthy pregnancies, no problem. It's like, no, you're not doing that anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is time to, and I had, I mean, I, you know, single mother of three, I, what am I going to do? So yeah. very much uh, just starting from nothing to well, yeah. you know, figuring stuff out, like how do I make yeah. this happen? How do I manage? And yeah. And, and I've often thought, too, especially if Pluto goes over an ascendant, is that that is one of, I think it is the strongest Pluto contact that can happen in a chart. And I feel like it marks that, you know, someone who is going to have that, that they actually get two lifetimes in one. They have the lifetime before it goes over the ascendant, and yeah. then they have a brand new lifetime afterwards. And, yeah. and interestingly, my the only like the only planet that directly aspects my ascendant is, and and it's the only aspect that planet has is my Mercury and Capricorn. Oh, that's right. Yeah, which Pluto is has been playing at. Yes. Um, yeah. Your Pluto's oh. on my North Node, and yeah, 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 yeah. Or I mean, yeah. your Mercury's on my North Node, and Pluto is dancing on top of us. Yeah. Yeah. Doing we a little tap dance. Little <laughs> tap dance. There we go. Tappity yeah, so, tappity death. So, yeah, Pluto. I mean, it is. It is death and regeneration. Something yep. has to die. Yep. Yep. In order for the rebirth to happen, and we we in this culture hate the idea of death of anything. But endings happen all the time, and they're necessary. Yes. So yes. They are part of life. Them. They're part of life. And, yeah. And I think that's part of that whole the opposition to Neptune, and then the trying to to Pluto is. It's about surrendering to something that is beyond our control, yes. beyond bigger our than us, beyond yep. our understanding, yep. and having the the faith that we we will manage it somehow. Yeah, yeah. It will it will happen. Yes. Because you know, to me, we don't make things happen. Things happen, and we respond to them, and so. You know, and we, we like things to nice things to happen and we don't like things that feel uncomfortable. So <laughs> and this part is uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean it's not necessary and that it's not leading to something so much better. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Like I say, you know, um I'm sure that, you know, in the caterpillar's death <laughs> or rejigging <laughs> you know, that it was very happy when it became a butterfly. But being a good Scorpio that I am, complaining is part of the script. You do get to complain, <laughs> even though and it is inevitable, even though it is and inevitable. You know what? If you actually um, were to cut the cocoon to help the butterfly get Oh, in, yeah, it wouldn't work. It would die. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, no. It's a process that you have to go through. It's not optional. Yeah. But I still, I still think that, you know, um, I mean, I think that, that in the generation that you and I grew up in, 
there was a point there with the sort of um, playing at philosophy and metaphysics and all the rest of this where um, any process that you went through um, was supposed to be just wonderful. And I'm like, yeah, no, no. no. But, you know, process, yes. But whether you're happy going through the whole thing, no. And that exactly. didn't make you a bad person just because you didn't like it, right? You yeah, know, it's no, like, and, you know, you, you cannot yeah. like what's happening and still see the necessity of it. Yeah, yeah. And, and the other part of this is that Pluto is nearing its end in Capricorn. Yes, yeah. So the Capricorns out there in the world are going, hallelujah. But it's not till 2023, so we got another year. Got another year. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not yeah. very long in Pluto's. No, this is true. It entered in 2008, I believe. He, yeah. He, yeah. Is, he is very close to leaving yeah. Capricorn yeah. For, for Aquarius. Those other guys are paving the way. Yes, they are. And it will be, it's going to, well, Jupiter's, it's. And Jupiter's in the lead. Yes. Yay. Offering a light of hope. Yay. <laughs> Jupiter's heading for, once it gets out of Aquarius again, it's going to head for that conjunction with Neptune. Yeah, exactly. That'll be. So again, that's bringing that energy, that Neptunian energy is going to. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. 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 Next year will be an interesting year as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, well, let's, um, before we run out of time, let me just kind of briefly do the final notes. So, of course, the sun entered Virgo and left the the Leo thing. Um, So, again, the the shift to what we've just been talking about is going to be stronger for a little while anyway because we won't have anything but the moon making aspects to that Uranus-Saturn square. Uh, the sun leaves Leo on uh, August the 22nd, just, you know, after the full moon. And then, of course, at the very end, we get Virgo, Mercury Virgo, leaves for Libra on uh, the 29th of August. And that sounds like a really kind of sweet start back to regular programming uh, with both Mercury and Venus in Libra. Um, to kind of pave the way into, you know, leaving the summer behind. Yeah. Any comment mm-hmm. about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interesting times. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, the. I think, the, yeah, you know, clearly there's a huge focus on that Aquarian energy right now. Yes, yeah. And, and I think that's significant, especially because of the square that Uranus has to Saturn. Yep. It will um, it will form the backdrop throughout the year. I mean, absolutely. it's... And the same with next year, even though they don't make any exact aspects, and it won't... They come pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. But and no exact. Yeah. Close and enough to, you yeah. know, say hi again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, Saturn will leave. Um at the same time that uh, Pluto is leaving Capricorn, uh, Saturn will leave for Pisces, which I've, you know, I've had a few clients with, with Saturn in Pisces, and it does not work well there. No. It'll be interesting to hear what the other astrologers around the world are, will say about that. But in the charts that I've worked with, um, 
Yeah, there's people really struggle with Saturn in Pisces. Well, I think I think you know Jupiter and Saturn are kind of opposite, but Jupiter Jupiter and Neptune are really don't get each other at all. Because no, exactly. Yeah, different sides of what we would call reality. There's the yeah. spiritual reality, which is Neptune. Yeah, and there's our five senses reality, our small senses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Reality which is Saturn. It's all about this little world we're in here and there's nothing else. And, and that's not how it is. And that yeah. means that, you know, say, yeah, there's, there's a bigger picture you're yeah. missing. And yeah. he doesn't like swimming in those waters very much. No, he doesn't do it well. He doesn't do it well. Yeah. He tends to take uh, a huge step out of responsibility and leaves a lot of folks with some major challenges with Saturn yeah. in, in Pisces. Anyway, we have managed to fill an hour. We have oh, done very well. Yes. <laughs> so, folks, uh, we will leave you to enjoy your August. We will be returning next week with uh, a continuation of looking at relationship stuff So, and adding in composite charts to the mix uh, that, you know, we looked at midpoints, we've looked at history, which is just kind of putting two charts side by side. But with a composite, we actually create a new chart using midpoints. And sometimes, you know, people will say, I can't believe those two get along. And the answer lies in that composite chart, whereas side by side, it looked like oil and water. But the chart that gets created that is the relationship chart so it isn't either person it's the energy that the two of them together create yes they can be very fascinating charts they uh -huh. can. yeah so we will uh say adios honey all righty yeah and um just a reminder to all the folks that are out there, you have been listening to CJMP uh, 90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station, and we will be returning next week. And take care, stay safe, and enjoy your summer. The recording has stopped.